1: Great, good afternoon to you and yours. Hope you're having a splendid day on this Wednesday, March the 8th, the year 2023. There's a basketball opening in college hoops right up the road. SEC tournament play gets underway today. LSU baseball faces a pretty good challenge at the box. The Pels didn't play, moved up a spot in the playoffs They'll have a chance to move up a little bit higher if they can get a win tonight. These stories and much, much more coming your way. My main man, James Mesh, back in the highly coveted producer's chair, spinning the tunes, pushing all the buttons. He's inside the game studios, which are on the campus of Delta Media, which houses KLWB, which is 1037 Lafayette. We're also on I-10 West, a little bit further down the road on KLCJ in 1041 in Lake Charles. Streaming around the world. 1037thegame.com, 1041thegame.com. And if you're in the Acadiana area, you can turn your television set on because we're also simulcast on Stadium 32.3 and 133 on LUS Fiber.
0: Did you miss the headlines of the day? Not to worry. The blonde bomber has you covered. Here is Holtberg's headlines.
1: Well after a disappointing regular season where McNeese tied the program record for losses with 22 to finish the regular season at 9 and 22, 6 and 12 in conference play, McNeese announced today that they are letting go and firing head coach John Aiken. You're not going to believe who's in the mix for the vacancy. According to Jeff Goodman, all things college hoops, former LSU coach Will Wade is in the mix to replace Aiken. Hold on now, everybody. Hold on. Will Wade's going to have to get Cleared of all this stuff whenever it does happen. I I don't see how that is, but that is according to Jeff Goodman. So McNeese looking for a new head basketball coach. According to reports, Chris Beard is the front runner for the vacancy in the head coaching position at Ole Miss. So stay tuned. Stay tuned. On the home front, after visiting LSU this past weekend, former Maryland offensive lineman Mason Lunsford has signed with LSU. He'll enroll this summer, add depth to the interior offensive line. He's 6'7", 305 pounds. A grad transfer started the last two years at Maryland before entering the NCAA transfer portal. He has two years of eligibility remaining. He played left guard last season, but has the versatility to play guard or center. Lunsford is LSU's 12th player and the first offensive lineman added from the portal this off season on a related note four star center Walt Claire Flynn Jr from Loganville Georgia announced that he would visit LSU this weekend, 6'2", 305-pounder from Grayson High School, rival's number one center for the class of 2024. Meanwhile, dual-sport athlete Draylon Miller of Silsby, Texas, he visited LSU this past weekend and picked up his second offer from LSU, this one coming from head basketball coach Matt McMahon. So stay tuned. Speaking of Matt McMahon, LSU and uh, the 14th-seeded Tigers will take on 11th-seeded Georgia for a scheduled 8 p.m. tip which will likely end up later than that. The Tigers and Georgia will follow South Carolina and Ole Miss. Those squads tip off at 6, so you know it's going to be later than 8 o'clock. A win against Georgia would continue LSU's season. As soon as LSU loses, they pack up their bags, they empty their lockers, and they're done. Um, If they do win, they would match up against six-seeded Vanderbilt at 8 p.m. on Thursday. LSU's lost 17 of its last 18 among those losses was a 65 63 loss to Georgia on the road where LSU led at the half faltered in the final 4.2 seconds and lost the ball game. So, We'll see what happens. In that game, uh, LSU committed 21 fouls, turned the ball over 19 times. They can't do that and expect to win against Georgia. So certainly a winnable game for LSU. We'll have a live report coming up as I get to our guest list here shortly. LSU's baseball team, the top-ranked club in college baseball, returns to the diamond tonight against Lamar. Lamar's a little bit better than most people think. They began the season with nine straight wins before dropping two of three to a pretty good Pennsylvania squad this past weekend. LSU's defeated Lamar eight of the last nine times they've played, but you know, one of the nine Cardinal wins was against then number five Texas A&M in a midweek game. So you never know we'll talk with the head coach of lamar a former lsu player and a former assistant to Paul palminary the head coach of lamar is will davis davis is in his seventh season as the head coach of lamar first pitch 6 30 tonight from alec box stadium so will davis will join us here in a few minutes uh john brady Uh, The former LSU basketball coach, now the color analyst on the LSU Sports Radio Network, will join us around 2.30 this afternoon for a preview of LSU versus Georgia in the first round of the SEC tournament. We will will be joined in the 3 o'clock hour, to start things off, uh, with Wilson Alexander, who uh, sat down and did a one-on-one interview with Brian Kelly and talking about special teams, Jaden Daniels, and a whole plethora of things as spring ball begins tomorrow. We'll talk with Wilson Alexander and get the Cliff Notes version of his conversation with Brian Kelly, and then Michael Huguenin will join us. Hump day with Huguenin. Uh, four tickets were punched to the NCAA tournament last night. Um, Gonzaga being one of them, um, Chattanooga being another. Uh, Charleston, Oral Roberts, Northern Kentucky, uh, all pretty darn good teams. Charleston, Oral Roberts, certainly mid majors that you have to uh, have to look. Out for uh, Oral Roberts 30 and 4, Charleston 31 and 3. I don't care who you play or where you play, those teams know how to win basketball games. So uh, we shall see along those lines. So could you imagine Will Wade becoming the head coach at McNeese? Holy cow, would that be something! Would that be something anyway? Um, yes. Those stories and much, much more are uh, coming your way today. Um I told you about Chris Beard being the top candidate for the Ole Miss job. Uh, the Lakers retired Paul Gasol's Jersey. He's up there right beside Kobe Bryant, his uh, near and dear friend. Um, so, so, We've got that going on in the ACC tournament today. Jim Bayheim of Syracuse got beat by Wake Forest at the buzzer. Jim Bayheim is 77 years old. Is he going to step aside? Is he going to continue to coach? Uh, we shall see. We shall see. So, um, Yes. Yes. Uh, Tiger Woods' longtime girlfriend is asking a judge to remove her from a non disclosure agreement that she claims the 15 time major champion forced her to sign when their relationship started in August of 2017. Uh, Erica Herman believes the NDA is invalid and unenforceable and that a trust controlled by Woods is wrongfully using it against her. What's going on there? Who knows? The Players' Championship gets underway uh, tomorrow. Of course, Tiger not in the mix on that, but um, certainly um, understand, just interesting is all I can say. Very interesting. New Orleans Pelicans host the Dallas Mavericks tonight. Um, No Zion, no Larry Nance Jr., um, amongst others. But last night, despite being idle, the Pelicans, 31 and 34, uh, are now behind the ninth-seeded Lakers, who are 32 and 34. They're a half a game behind them, uh, but they leapfrog both Oklahoma City and Portland. Um, And so right now, the Pels are in the 10th seed in the... Western Conference, Denver's running away with things, seven and a half games ahead of Sacramento and the falling, the fading Memphis Grizzlies who were without Ja Morant. Phoenix is on a three game win streak. Now that Kevin Durant's in the fold, Uh, Dallas is the fifth seed at 34 and 32. The Pels are two and a half games behind them. So um Two and a half games separate the Pels from fifth place in the West. If they got to fifth place, they would not have to do the play-in tournament. and That would be nice. Pels have a very favorable schedule coming up. Um, Certainly the next eight, many of them at home, many of them winnable games. I said it yesterday. I'll say it again today. They've got to win at least minimum six of the eight. And we could go from there. All right, we'll take a timeout on the floor when we return the head baseball coach of Lamar Tigers and the Cardinals tonight from Alec box stadium and skip Burtman field. Will Davis will join us next.
0: This is the Jordy Holberg show on the game. One Oh three, seven Lafayette and one Oh four, one Lake Charles Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros.
1: It's crawfish time, in the game 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles is given you a chance to win everything you need to throw the ultimate crawfish boil party. It's the game's ultimate crawfish boil giveaway, cooked up by St. Landry Lumber, Cody's Crawfish, and the Iron Horse Sales and Service. Go register in the Game Rewards Club at 1037thegame.com to score a $500 Visa gift card, a boiling pot, a burner, a paddle, ice chest, tumblers, and chairs, and two giant sacks of live crawfish. Plus, we're throwing in a pair of Astro's tickets enter now it's the ultimate crawfish boil giveaway cooked up by saint landry lumber cody's crawfish iron horse sales and service and the game
0: tune in every weekday at 8 15 a.m and 3 15 p.m for the lsu sports update presented by Tibbs trailers here on the game 1037 lafayette and 1041 lake charles southwest louisiana's sports station
1: We're back 16 minutes after the hour. We're broadcasting from the FCO Development Studios in Upper Lafayette. FCO Development is a civil construction company that specializes in new multi-family construction. Tonight, 630, Alec Box Stadium. A a really good matchup, I believe, with a a very talented Lamar Cardinal squad that comes into town um, uh, on on kind of a roll. They they beat number five Texas A&M earlier on in the season and near Dear to my heart, a former LSU player. He was a catcher in Tigertown. He was an assistant coach to Paul Maneri for a long time. His dad um, was a heck of a coach. And uh, Will Davis now in his seventh season as the skipper of the Lamar program. Kind enough to join us on game day. Will, it's been way too long. How have you been, my
2: friend? Jordy, I've been good, man. Yeah, because of COVID and uh, last year getting rained out, we haven't played since 2019. So feels like yesterday I was on this show but I guess it's been a few years
1: how's it going tell me a little bit about your, your your ball club um the big win over Texas A&M it seems like you got this place this thing heading in the direction that you've always envisioned
2: yeah um we had a solid year in 2021 and then last year we had a great year and came in second in the whack uh won 37 games and uh it feels like we've kind of turned the corner here and just Roll, rocking and rolling and yeah like we like you said we knocked off a nationally ranked team in Texas A&M a couple of weeks ago and uh, just got a, a great group of veteran guys who believe they can do anything and um, we excel in the in the run prevention art uh, hopefully we do that tonight against probably the nation's best offense but uh, we do a great job of throwing strikes and playing good defense and and we've got some really clutch hits and our hitters are really tough outs and um, kind of what, what any coach would want, you know, regardless of the talent level that you're able to acquire. But uh, it's kind of kind of got players playing the way that you'd, any coach would want them to play.
1: That's awesome. A 2.68 cumulative ERA from your pitching staff. Um, I'm not asking you to let the cat out the bag, but um, your pitching staff looks like, like you said, they throw strikes and you you defend very well. That's that's an awesome ERA um, for a team.
2: Yeah, you know, I try to not ever get too caught up in ERA just because the scoring of whether, you know, hit and error, all that stuff matters a lot. But uh, really, yeah, for us it's the run prevention aspect of it, and we're doing that at a really high rate. You know, it's just a combination of the pitchers and the defense, controlling the running game, all that stuff, uh, just to keep the other team off the board. And if you can do that, you're probably going to have a pretty good season. So, um, you know, we've we've preached it to our guys, and it seems like they fought bought in.
1: Why is it all you former catchers become really good coaches? Why is that?
2: Yeah, I don't know. I guess it's that, that go between, like the one go between between both sides of the ball. And, um, you know, it did seem to be a trend that it happened for a while in Major League Baseball and in college as well. So, um, you know, just you kind of take naturally to it. It's kind of a natural leadership position as well. So I think it's something that lends to eventually becoming a coach for when the playing days are over.
1: All right, let's go over some specifics. Tanner Wilson's leading your club and hitting at three thirteen with with three doubles. Um he's an outfielder. Uh describe yeah. him for me. Did we lose Will?
2: Hey, I think yeah, we're on the uh, basin bridge right now, so as, as, you oh, guys, no. as your you guys <laughs> listeners know, that can be touch and go with the cell service. I,
1: hey, just whisper. Um, but, tell me about Tanner Wilson a little bit.
2: Yeah, well unfortunately you're not gonna see him tonight, uh because he took a ball up the high um, on Saturday. And Ooh. so he's uh, in the midst of the concussion protocol, but we're very fortunate that we didn't lose him for the year.
3: Oh, uh, so he'll be back!
2: I, I believe he'll be back Saturday. So, But no, he's a, a great story. He's a walk, kid that walked on with us originally, and uh, he's worked his way into the starting lineup. Great uh, combination. He's got a little bit of pop, and he's a really good, really, really good runner and a really good uh. defender in center field. He had the game-saving catch to beat Texas A&M. So. But yeah, unfortunately, he won't get the partake tonight but uh okay. but yeah hopefully we'll get him back pretty soon
1: well thank goodness he's going to be okay and you'll have him when it counts when it comes for uh conference play uh for sure when you look at lsu you, you're you you kind of look at them from out of the corner of your eye it's your alma mater uh it's a whole different look isn't it from the last time you played against l this is a huge baseball team
2: yeah i mean you know certainly yeah, you, know, you knew Jay was going to do a good job, and he got that job. He's a, a relentless worker. I mean, I don't know if anybody works harder than that guy, and wants to win worse than him. Um, but now, just with the uh, implement of NIL money and the transfer portal, I mean, I think he's did it better than anybody this go around. And, and you know, obviously he had a really good team coming back, but he was really even able to just double down and get some really, you know, really good players, and Paul Skeens, and Thatcher Hurd, and the kid we're facing tonight, Christian Little, and. Um, uh, Tommy White, obviously, led the nation in home runs last year. So um, it'd be very interesting to see how far they can go. You know, I know there's other teams that have kind of done the same thing, but um, they're definitely going to be a tough out.
1: All right. Um, What do you tell your club when you – it's not often you get to play the number one team in the country. What do you tell your team to keep them from getting either too high or whatever? What's your message to your club?
2: Well, you know, it's funny, when practice ended yesterday, I said, well, you know, guys, there's really nothing much to say because we kind of did this two weeks ago. So, um, you know, and A&M was ranked number five at the time, so it's not number one. But, um, you know, obviously you can't control the winning side of it, and LSU is, like I said, really good. So that's going to be a hard hard task to, to come out in the win column. But the part where the guys are not going to be overwhelmed by the moment or the size of the stadium or the crowd, you know, I don't think that – you know, because of the experience we gained early in the year by going to College Station and doing that, um, I think we're very fortunate that, you know, the moment won't be too big for them. And so uh, I don't know if that's half the battle, but that's certainly a start when you're a you know a smaller school coming into to play a, a school like LSU.
1: What was your favorite memory of your time as a player from 2004 to 2007? Does anything in particular stand out to you?
2: Yeah, I think, I mean, obviously going to Omaha, you know, um, beating Texas a and in the Super Regional and getting to go to Omaha in 2004 was probably my favorite moment uh, as a player, for sure.
1: Yeah, um, that, that is the goal and the dream of everyone. How difficult, how difficult is it in the position that you're in, in the conference that you are in? How, uh, how difficult is it to, to, to reach that goal and to accomplish that dream?
2: Um, you know, I think just goals are different. I mean, it's obviously you'd love to go to Omaha, but you know, I, I, Nolan Kane is my, my best friend, and he's the recruiting coordinator at Texas A&M now. And yeah. we were talking over Christmas break, and I, I feel very fulfilled with what I'm doing here. You know, I mean, it's uh, we have a great staff, we have great kids, we have great support, and um, you know, we just take it one day at a time. Really, and you just try. I, I don't know necessarily what the goals are. It's always kind of a moving target but gotcha. you just want to go out there and compete well and run a good program and, and um, when you have wins like the one we had against A&M, you feel good. You know what I mean? And uh, we'd love yeah. to be in the NCAA tournament. We haven't been in the NCAA tournament over 10 years here in Lamar, so uh, that that's our goal is to, to be in the NCAA tournament this June and whatever that looks like. You know, it, obviously the the most sure route to do that is by winning the conference tournament, so we're, right. we're, we're building toward that goal and trying to develop enough pitchers so where we can do that when, when the opportunity comes around in May.
1: That uh, that conference you're in, good baseball, man. Really good baseball.
2: It it's a very good league. Yeah, there's really no weak links when you when you watch it. And the whack was very tough last year, but you know there were some easier weekends here and there. Um, I don't really see that from the South one, uh you know, this year. So it's it's going to be going to be a fight. I'm glad to be back in the conference. Yeah, I think so. I mean, the, the whack was a cool experience for our guys playing different teams and you know flying yeah. out west and that kind of thing. But um, you know, it, there's pros and cons to both, I guess. You know, what I mean, there's uh, the travel's much easier, obviously, and right. Um, you know, but yeah, what, I, I'm those are above my pay grade, so I try not to have opinions on them. I try to just roll with <laughs> the punches. And you tell well, me where we're playing, right. and we'll play there.
1: Show up at the ballpark, hand in your lineup card, and go watch your team throw strikes um and um not allow many runs and that that'd be terrific man best of luck to you this year stay healthy get your uh, get your main guy back uh thank god he's okay and uh, enjoy enjoy your uh, walk around the ballpark tonight man so thank you as always right. it's been too long yeah thanks jordy see you, man you take care of yourself. That's Will Davis, the head coach of the Lamar Cardinals, back in the Southland Conference and back in Tigertown for the first time since 2018, 19, something like that. So, anyway, kind enough to join us as they're making their way to the ballpark. We'll take a timeout. We'll head to Nashville. John Brady, LSU versus Georgia in hoops. Win, you play again. You lose. You pack your bags, you get all your gear out your locker, the season is coming to a merciful end. We'll have a preview next.
0: This is the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and one zero four one Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros.
1: We're brought to each and every day by ShopRite Tobacco Plus Discount Outlets. If you can't shop right at ShopRite, you just can't shop right at all. By Ducks, cleaning America's air from the inside out. By Eon, the premier touchless robotic laser body contouring device that helps you lose those unwanted inches and permanent fat reduction. Eon in Lafayette, Baton Rouge, and Mandeville. By the Louisiana Lottery, you can't win until you start playing. By D.C.'s Little Capital Exxon, with their true soul food deli, home of the best cheeseburger your mouth has ever tasted and by Cajun chef Uh, turn up the taste with Cajun chef hot sauce
0: this is the Jordy Holtberg show live from the Evco development studios in upper Lafayette on the game 1037 Lafayette 1041 Lake Charles southwest Louisiana's sports station
1: and we are back and better than ever at 31 minutes after the hour as we head to Nashville, Tennessee, Brigstone Arena site for the 2023 SEC men's basketball tournament. Well, where tonight LSU hopes to stay alive as they take on the Georgia Bulldogs. LSU's the 14th seed in the tournament, Georgia's the 11th seed, and they will be the second game of two tonight as South Carolina and Ole Miss will meet in the First matchup tonight, John Brady, the former LSU Tiger coach and now the excellent analyst on the LSU Sports Radio Network joins us from Nashville. John, thank you for the time, my friend. Long season, man. How you holding up?
4: <laughs> well, from where I sit, I'm holding up real well, actually. Uh, you know, it's the other side. It's, that, it's the other side is sitting on where it may be a little more difficult, but I'm sitting pretty good. You know, I hate yeah. LSU's had the season that they've had, but, uh, you know, Mm. that's something they'll have to figure out. And I'm sure they will in the all season. Mm. Uh, You know, you know, Jordy, how it is, a couple of recruits here and there and you can flip this thing pretty quick, but you can't miss. You've got to be able to get the right guys in that can win in this league.
1: Uh, John, there's a, there's a head coaching vacancy today at McNeese uh, State University. Uh, You want to, you got the itch to coach again? (laughs) <laughs>
4: no i i hear another rumor of someone who's going there that, that i hear uh, that
1: as well
4: what do you yeah, think so, of that well i i haven't talked to uh anybody about it uh i just hear it on the street and, uh, right
1: i've heard the same you know
4: if, if it's a way to get back in it uh you know I, that's a path yeah. and, and and uh you know young enough to do it right and, um you know, and, and and you got two or three years, or whatever the case may be, and then you uh, move on to something else. But uh, I've heard right. that, and we'll just see what happens.
1: <laughs> we'll see. Let's talk about um, LSU Georgia. I was a one of those really just oh my god, sixty five sixty three. You lose to Georgia, um, and Mike White on the road. LSU led at the half. What do you remember the most about that matchup?
5: well our,
4: our our well several things actually uh i remember one thing georgia was 15 for 26 from the free throw line which which gave us an opportunity to win the yep. game uh and you know when you look at these two teams uh you know georgia's lost their last 8 of 10 games they they're coming in here losing 5 in a row and you know, and and actually LSU has played well enough, Jordy, to win the last couple of games. We just hadn't yeah. been able to do it. So, right. uh, but but I think I think in 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 the way I look at this game, these two teams are are almost in, in SEC play. They're almost equal in field goal percentage. They're almost equal in free throw percentage. They're almost equal in three point field goal percentage. They're equal in turnovers per game. So. I know where but you're teams going. are like that. I think the biggest stat is who wins the field goal stat. Over there, yeah. they shot forty-four percent from the floor. We shot thirty-eight. Therefore, that's the team that won the game. And if the if the statistics stay the same, I really think whoever wins the field goal stat tonight, uh, you know, defend yeah. without fouling, those kinds of things, make them miss, give them one shot. I think that team, as simple as that sounds, no. may win this game.
1: I'm with you. It's all about attitude, too, right? I mean, both of these teams kind of, when things start to go wrong, it's it's hard to flip that switch and get things going in the right direction. So which team really wants it the most? It, and and I mean, that kind of is where it all lays.
4: Yeah, that, that's something uh, I've, I've, I've wanted to, to see how LSU approaches each game now with what they've went through and and right. you know that there, there there's one thing you can look at this is kind of a a, a new start uh the right. regular season is over this could be a whole different start to another part of the season it happens yeah. to be tournament time in nashville and 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 whatever they've gone through this is a chance to you know start over and play well mm-hmm. and and have a chance to win this game i saw we were favored uh, by two or two and a half points yeah. to win this yeah. game, so yeah,
0: we'll,
4: we'll, we we just have, have to play, Jordan, and play forty yeah. minutes. We've played thirty minutes the last couple of games. We just haven't been able to finish the last eight or ten.
1: Look, there's. <sighs> You know, as soon as you lose, you pack your bags, you go back home, you pack up your locker, the season's over. So there's no pressure. Just go out there and play. Play loose. Play hard. And it's certainly a winnable game. And I'm telling you, I know Vandy's a number six seed. And then you got them at home once, so you know you, you have a chance against them. Um, you know, you never know.
4: Well, it it is a
1: favorable
4: draw in terms of the first two games and right. you know, Vandy, their seven foot one center, is out for the year. He broke his right. hand or broke his wrist and so he's done. He had twenty one and eleven rebounds against us in Baton Rouge and we're still able to win that game. So you get by this one tonight and play Vandy without their best player, you know, who knows what might happen in, in a tournament situation. You've seen crazy things happen before. So, you know, we'll just wait and see and see how we do tonight. But I'm like you. If we don't play well tonight or or play with a lot of enthusiasm, you know, I'll be disappointed.
1: I would, too. I would, too. Um, Get ready. It's going to be a late night. These things never, you know, it says it's going to start at 8. You know there
2: is
3: no way. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you, I mean, there is no way on God's green earth that that's going to happen. Uh, playing an Ole Miss team, but you know, we both uh, near and dear friends with Kermit, um, and uh, you know, he's released. Um, how, have you? I'm, I'm sure you've talked to him or attempted to talk to him. I hope he's doing okay.
4: Yeah, I was up there when it all happened. You know, that was right okay. before we played him. and we played him on a Saturday. And I drove up Thursday and spent two days with him, and I just talked to him this morning and. And and lo and behold, he's he's down on thirty A at Oceanside in his new house. So he nice. he's gonna make it, man. He's gonna make oh, it. Okay. <laughs> oh, 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 oh.
1: well, Kermit, I don't feel so badly for you when you're, you're on thirty A. My goodness, it's amazing. The front runner for that gig is the guy that used to coach in Texas, Chris Beard. I mean, it's here we go.
4: I think I think they I think they. They've offered Chris Beard the job. I, I think it, I don't know if it's been released or, but I just feel confident Chris Beard's going to get that job and take the job. Uh, and he's a good coach. He, he really Pretty is. He did. made a serious mistake that cost him the job at Texas. Mm-hmm. Uh, but since then, all this stuff has happened. throughout the charges or whatever, however they right. worked that thing. And right. Ole Miss going going to, I think they're going to step out and take him and he'll do a good job
1: there. No question about it. All right, so if LSU wins the field goal percentage, and if they play with some energy and some effort, um, they got a shot. I think they have a really, really good shot. Um, and how do they handle adversity? I mean, you know, because there's gonna they're gonna make a run, and Georgia's gonna make a run. That's just basketball. How do they withstand that? And who can flip that switch? I, th- I really, I'll be honestly, John, I'll be, I'll be surprised and disappointed. If if LSU does not win this game tonight, because I think they're better than Georgia.
4: Yeah, we we should have beat them there. We had that game done and, and uh, you know, it's just an unfortunate thing that Georgia was able to win it, but you know, Georgia had, they haven't won lately either. They haven't won. You know, like I said, they've lost five in a row, eight of their last 10. Their last win was against us back in February, middle of February, first of February. So, Uh, I'm interested to see how they react to where they find themselves, but you know, LSU has has had a little uptick, even though we lost the last couple of games, we've had a, Mm -hmm. we've had an uptick in how we've played. Right. So if that will carry over tonight and we just make some big baskets at the right time, you know, I think we win this game. I really do.
1: And one of your former players is the LSU legend, something that you have, uh, held, um, Personally, but collis Temple the Third will be LSU's legend for this. So that's nice. Y'all will be able to reminisce a little bit. That's a good deal.
4: <laughs> yeah, I'm proud of him, you know, he's yeah. done really well in the business world and you know, both the Temple young men that I was able to coach are, are, are fine guys and you know, I'm yeah. proud of both of those guys and yeah, I'll call tonight and have a good time with him
1: call your leadership john you led them the right way so i mean that, that's that's a fact that's a fact i
4: think, that is, I think his, his mom and dad had more to do with that than well, i
1: but they entrusted you um with their sons and boom and the rest is history so take a compliment john come on
4: <laughs> thank you thank you jordy
1: Um, uh, if you can get me with Kermit and when he's not at that house on 30, I I wouldn't mind hunkering down there for a weekend or two. You know what I mean? (laughs) Absolutely. Bring your sticks. (laughs) I will do so. Um, Just one last quick one. Um, Who do you favor? Who who do you think cuts down the nets on Sunday?
4: Well, I I like two teams. I like, I like Tennessee and I like A&M and the reason I like them, is because their teams are based on defending and rebounding and those are two stats of effort and, and uh, yeah. you know Alabama depends more on the making of baskets and I think when you have to play three games in a row, the making of the baskets are more temperamental than the defending and rebounding. So I'm gonna go with, with Texas A and M or Tennessee uh, with, with, with Bama my third choice.
1: Okay. John Brady will be on the call tonight. You can listen to it right here on the game. Probably closer to eight thirty than eight o'clock, but we we shall see. We shall see. John, thank you so much. Enjoy the tournament. I hope you I hope you get to stay there a couple of days. I really do. Nashville's a nice place. Yeah, it it sure is. It sure is. Take care, buddy. Have a great game. Okay. All right, right. buddy. John John Brady from Nashville, Tennessee. We mentioned there's an opening at um, McNeese for a head basketball coach. We'll go to Jim Gazzola, who was there for the presser today, and get his lay of the land. And is Will Wade a legit candidate for the gig next?
0: This is the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros.
1: Speaking of which, the game 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Shards is your home for the McNeese Coaches Show, presented by Mr. Bill's Seafood Express, Southwest Beverage Company, Lina Bed out of Westlake, and the Southwest Louisiana Law Center. Tune in tonight, starting at 6, as host Jim Gazzolo talks all things McNeese here on the game. Oh, he's got some interesting things to talk about, and we'll give a primer coming up next on the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the McNeese Coaches Show.
0: Don't agree with what Jordy has to say? Not to worry. He's always open to a healthy debate. Well, Dean, I'm I'm glad that you asked that question. Actually,
1: I'd like to jump in and take that one, Jimmy, if you
0: don't mind. Have at it, Hoss. Give us a call on the hotline at 337-706-0111. Now back to more of the Jordy Holtberg Show. On the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station.
1: Back in the EFCO Development Studios in Upper Lafayette, EFCO Development, a civil construction company that specializes in new multifamily construction. He gave me kind of a, a hint about this yesterday, that there may be a change at the top of the McNeese men's basketball program. And sure enough, Jim Gozolo was uh, quite emphatic and quite accurate as today Um It was announced that uh, John Aiken no longer the head coach, Jim kind enough to join us on a day when he's going to have the McNeese coaches show at six o'clock today. Uh, Jim, um, what, what made you believe that this was going to actually come into fruition?
6: Um, I just had heard things and been reporting for a long time, Jordy. And, uh, I can read tea leaves, I guess.
1: <laughs> okay, um, tell me about the tea leaves. Um, is it true that possibly Will Wade is in the is in play here? Um, I would
6: be. I would call it a major upset if Will Wade is not announced the head coach next
1: week. Wow. Okay. Wait a minute. Now, how is that with all these things that are out there? Um, how how does McNeese hire a guy like Will Wade?
6: How does uh, Iona hire Rick Pitino? How does uh, Bill Self keep his job?
1: Okay.
4: It's a, uh
6: we live in a world where we are we will forgive if you can win. <laughs> How's that? that?
1: That no, that's that that sums it up. That would be that would be remarkable. Um,
6: I would I would I would say this is if the, if something happens on the weekend. I think they will do their due diligence and look at other people. Um, But they need to fill seats. They have a new arena. They have a lot of investors who have invested money in this program that want results. And that's that's where we're at right now.
1: Do you think – I mean – in the conference tournament, they beat Texas A&M Commerce in the first round on Sunday. They beat Nichols yes. on Monday to advance to the semis. If they'd won yesterday, we certainly wouldn't have had this conversation today because they would have been uh, in the finals of, of the tournament. And, and who knows what happens then?
6: We would have had it tomorrow. Uh, this, was, <laughs> this was This was a done deal when the nine-game losing streak came on. Um, it is. I do believe that had maybe that certain name, if we don't want to name names, maybe if that one name isn't out there, maybe if he wins the tournament, uh, he gets another year. Um, but one one of the issues, Jordy, is there's six guys on the bench injured now. Not all of them are currently injured. Some of them have basically been pretty open about the fact that they want to keep their red shirt year and didn't come back. You're paying money for them. That's lost revenue for a university. Um, right. I, there's, just, there's a lot of things on rap here. And John Aiken is a great guy, but he's not a great fit for McNeese. That was just okay. it
1: uh Will Wade would be a great fit because he's um emphatic, he's a really good coach and he's got that personality type whether you like it or not, he's gonna he's gonna generate some interest. Uh beggars can't be choosy. He's looking for an avenue to get back into coaching. Um I don't know what the dollar figure would be, but I mean, you know, right, here's here's if offer name leave. What's that?
6: I think I know the neighborhood but i can't really? name it yet. Until you can't i not name it, it yet. Down, but yeah.
1: Uh, does McNeese uh, have it's a workable
6: it work? contract?
1: It's a workable contract. Okay. Very good. That that's fascinating. Fascinating. Um tell me your thoughts on Will Wade and 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 how that would what that would mean to that fan base and would it be an instant uptick for them?
6: Oh my goodness. Um it would be it would be uh, a home run for Heatwear. Um, granted, he's going to be going for a big fish in what I call a uh, kind of a uh, polluted pool, shall we say. Uh, right. But the reality is the fact that he would be an upgrade to anybody in the Southland Conference because he's a name. Um, and if he gets him, it's a coup. Uh, the the big factor is, is somebody going to steal him in the next 52, 78 hours or something? Does something happen? Um, yeah, that could always happen. I don't think it's a done deal. Uh, But I think
1: think he piques the interest, sure. Keith Schroyer used to be the coach at McNeese, so he he, he traveled all the coaching circles, so I'm sure he has some type of relationship with Will Wade where he can pick up the phone, and you think this thing is going to be a done deal as soon as, heck, by this time next week at the latest?
6: Oh, yeah. If if it gets done, it will be done... um, before the second rebirth of the coaches' show on Wednesday night, next Wednesday night.
1: <laughs> well, maybe, you. look, uh, I can get you Will Wade's number, and uh, you can have him on the show.
6: Um, that's in the works. <laughs> <laughs> that's that for you. There's, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of innuendo I can give you. I can't give you a hard fact. Um, I think that the fact that they went without – uh, John Aiken is a prime candidate that he sure thinks he's got somebody big on the line. How's that? Love
1: it. I love it. I, I would and, be and, thrilled. And look,
6: and look, look, Jordy, it's, he's not retiring from McNeese State. <laughs> okay, this is a rehabilitation project. Um, I understand. It's a it's it's a program looking for a, for a redemption. And a coach looking for redemption, meeting in the middle as he comes.
1: I think it's perfect. I think it's I think it's a win win for for both. Understanding if you're McNeese that um, if if Will Wade and when Will Wade has success, he's gone and he's going to be in oh, yeah. a, at a power five school. So you have to understand that going
0: in.
6: Yeah, and, and the, the point is, does he leave it better for the next guy and make right. it more interesting for the next guy? That, yeah. and, and that's it. And, and and does a power five or does somebody better want Will Wade? He sure made a great comment in the story today or, or the press conversation. says, Will Wade's a great coach. He's going to have options. So let's see if one of the options is McNeese. Uh, I think they would be interested if he's interested.
1: How's okay. <laughs> Playing it close to the vest. But tune in tonight at six o'clock as Jim will let it all hang out. And uh we'll see, we'll see if this thing comes about. I would love it. I would absolutely love it. Uh and he'll get some fannies in the seats, and that's that's what it's all about.
6: Yeah, and he'll uh he will change the trajectory of a program that has been circling the bowl for forty
4: years. <laughs>
1: Uh Jim. Thanks for hopping on board with us. Have a great show tonight. It'll be, uh, it'll be fun. It'll be interesting. There's, look, nothing better than some excitement. I mean, you're, the basketball season's over. People are turning their attention now to baseball, if they haven't done it already. But now I can imagine the coffee houses and the restaurants and on campus, there's got to be a buzz in Lake Charles.
6: Yes, there is. And, We'll get, we may even get the blonde bomber over for a game or
1: two. Oh, there's no question. No question. Jim, thank you, buddy. Really appreciate it. Have a great show tonight. All right. Thanks. Take care. Um, Jim Gazzola with the latest. So John Aiken fired as the McNeese basketball coach and, um, Heath Schroyer, the athletic director going for the big fish and, um, will Wade. In his sights, we'll see if he can close the deal. Um, that would be fantastic. That would be so good. And can we please get McNeese versus the Raging Cajun so Bob Marlin and Will Wade can go up against one another again? How, how cool was that? Oh, they don't like each other oh my god they don't like each other at all anyway our number one's in the books got a very busy hour number two stay with us this is the jordie show on the game 1037 lafayette 1041 lake charles your home for the lsu tigers and the houston astros <laughs> Our number two of two, and away we go. The big story locally. There's a new opening for a head basketball coach at McNeese, John Aiken fired, and the rumorville is running rampant that Athletic Director Heath Schroyer wants Will Wade to come back to Louisiana and and become the head coach. We shall see how all of that unfolds. LSU basketball taking on Georgia tonight in their opener in the SEC men's basketball tournament. LSU baseball taking on Lamar at the box. And tomorrow spring football begins for LSU. So it's a very incredibly busy time and our next guest had a one-on-one sit down interview with head coach Brian Kelly as kind of a primer for the start of spring practice and Wilson Alexander the advocate kind enough to join us now Wilson thank you. I appreciate the 10 minutes buddy. How are you?
3: I'm doing well. Jordy, how are you this afternoon?
1: I am uh doing terrific. So um the emphasis is a lot of things to touch base on but uh, Brian Kelly talking about um, the the special teams and uh, and why why the What's his thought process with the new hiring, moving Brian Polium upstairs as kind of a GM role, um, and bringing in a coach that that uh, and they, in in John Jancic, and they're going to have a lot of people involved in this, right? So explain what Brian Kelly's thought process is.
3: After the season, Brian Kelly went through and analyzed LSU's special teams mistakes, and his takeaway wasn't so much that schematically there was a major problem. He said that more than anything else, at least he thought, unless he fumbled, you fumbled know, and put the ball on the ground with those muffs and the drops that were really, to him, the biggest glaring issues. So schematically, he didn't really want to do much differently. Obviously, he changed the leadership and the way that this was structured by moving Brian um to that general manager role. But when it came to special teams, he can talk to some people outside the building. Marty Biaggi at Ole Miss is reportedly one of those people. Mm-hmm. Um, he was a former analyst for Kelly. Um, but he ended up deciding that he didn't want the same model that you had, which was a one-voice special teams coordinator who would then probably bring different schemes and um, and sort of do it, you know, be that one direct line overseeing special teams. So what they're doing is what he calls a decentralized operation. Uh, John Jancic is the special teams coordinator, but as you said, he's going to have quite a bit of help. There will be assistants um, sort of in charge of overseeing different elements of special teams, like Brad Davis is responsible for the blocking on PATs and field goals, which makes sense. That's a lot of offensive linemen. Um, mm-hmm. Matt House, the, that even the coordinator, has to oversee kickoffs and et cetera, et cetera. And there's going to be a really big um, influence here from Lester Herb, who's a special team analyst. Um, he uh, is sort of the piece in this that makes sure that those schematically LSU continues to do the same thing. So it allows John Jancic to really be the outside linebacker's coach. And he, uh, he will obviously have role in special teams, but it's not the only person who is directing that unit.
1: Yeah. yeah it kind of makes sense. To, if you want to learn how to block properly to uh, on field goal attempts, you get the offensive line coach to help out. So I can see where this decentralized approach uh, and everybody has, ha- you know, the head coach has the right to do what he wants and he'll either swim with it or sink with it. So, I mean, there's no place to go but up for the special teams, right? I mean, come on.
3: LSU finished 92nd in the country in SP+, which is an ESPN metric that measures efficiency. It was Oof. a bad year on special teams, and it was not just the Mupps, uh returns, but certainly um, LSU didn't do very well with its coverage unit. Um, it had the blocks on DAT, and so, yes, this, you know, for LSU, hopefully that this is a, a turnaround. LSU was productive on special teams under a very man, but they haven't been in this position in a long time. And so, you know, we'll have to kind of see how it shakes out with this new approach. One thing to note, other schools do handle it this way. Sometimes they have a designated special teams coordinator. Right. But you look over at Georgia, for instance, uh, Scott Cochran is their special teams coordinator, but Cochran was a, a longtime strength coach at Alabama before becoming yeah. in that role. And uh, I think up Georgia has you know some analysts who help out with that. Absolutely,
1: well. Wilson Alexander of the Advocate. What does Brian Kelly want from Jaden Daniels this spring?
3: He wants to see another element of growth in, in Jaden. You know, he had such a productive year last year, but there's always ways to improve, and uh, that comes in a different, what few different ways. One of them is just continued leadership. You know, as the face of the offense, um, organizing player led, um, you know, throwing sessions and making sure that he's doing what he needs to do to hold everybody accountable around him. And those are things that Kelly has seen. He just wants to continue to see that. He wants to see Jaden put on a little bit more weight. He's already done that. He's over 205 pounds now, which is about five pounds more than he played at last season. And then third is, you know, be put in the situations on the field that he struggled in a year ago. If there were defensive Mm -hmm. looks that Jaden did not have success against, LSU is going to basically um, run some defenses against him that aren't his own defense, but that are what, Jaden struggled against last year and test him on that kind of stuff in practice. They've you know gone over it all on the whiteboard, but now they want to get him on the field with that so that he can actually go up against it on the field and try to improve in those against those looks before the season comes in, you know, August or September.
1: And with Dayton Daniels and Garrett Nussmeyer, how does coach Kelly, uh, how's he going to manage the two of them this spring? What's his thought process?
3: He is. Uh, continues to use the words open-minded uh, when talking about the quarterback competition. Although I sort of hesitate to even call it a competition per se, um, because Brian right. Kelly, as he did after the Citrus Bowl, you know, said multiple times that Jaden Daniels is the number one. That he has quote earned that right uh, to be the number one quarterback, and that unless something I think drastically changes, um, Jaden Daniels will be the starter. Um, however, they want to give Garrett Nussmeyer the chance to go out there, and if Garrett Nussmeyer does something extraordinary and forces LSU to really think differently about its situation at quarterback in 2023, um, then they'll, you know, think about it then. And they're not going to shut him off that. He's going to get first team reps. He'll get to show what he can do. And I, but it would, sounds like it would take, you know, Jaden Daniels taking a step back and Garrett Nussmeier really moving himself forward to change the pecking order at quarterback and also to add um, still doesn't sound any interested at all in a two-quarterback system. Uh, so that okay. the way that they structured that against uh, Purdue in the Citrus Bowl was confined to that one game that they only want to have one.
1: Yeah. I, yeah. I thought people kind of misread that he's never been a proponent of a two quarterback system. So that was just kind of re- of a reward and they blew Purdue out of the water. So that was, that was easy, easy to handle up uh, when, when you sit down with Brian Kelly, you, you, you talked to him a year ago, how, com- how much more comfortable is he in his shoes and how, uh, what, what, what did you sense his demeanor and his feel for his club was?
3: It's it, Brian Kelly's always, at least certainly at this stage, as long as I've known him for a year now. I think been confident. You know, he is believes in what he can do because he's done this for three decades, and so that hasn't been any different than it was this time a year ago, where he is now. Um, and but what is changed is just what's kind of where his program's at around him. He feels he's got a, a strong belief in this group uh, in terms of where they're at in his you know his process that he talks about so much. Last spring, I sort of brought up how, you know, things were last spring compared to this one. He sort of chuckled because you can sort of see in his head, he knew how much yeah. last spring it was just like everybody learning each other's names and, okay, where are yeah. you from? And, um, this is how LSU is going to practice under Brian Kelly and this is what we expect off the field. And people just, they were, st- they sort of knew to do those things, but it wasn't implemented every single day. And that's always still kind of an ongoing thing to make sure that, you know, college students are going to do follow right. those kinds of rules, but you know those things don't have to get repeated necessarily as much, and a lot of people already now know what they have to do uh, in this program um, to meet his standards and expectations, and now he said that this spring, whereas last one was like all that I uh, said, this one they can actually really just focus on the football, you know, skill development yeah. and um, implementing schemes and, and you know trying to make sure that they're developing their guys, whereas last year while that was certainly going on but it wasn't the sole focus.
1: Coaches know each other better. It's got to be a smooth, uh, much smoother flowing operation. They keep going to the portal. They just got another uh, an offensive lineman, uh, a Maryland uh, grad transfer, in Mason Lunsford. Uh, that tells me you can never have enough depth on the offensive line, and they're they're looking to get better. He's six seven three zero five. I mean, why not?
3: Mason, LSU's been looking for an interior offensive lineman to add some depth and some competition to guard and center. Uh, Lunsford mm-hmm. is a guard uh, at the college level. He has been, of course. Brad Davis um, will cross-train him uh, if he feels it's necessary. And Lunsford, is, I spoke to him last night. He's up for that, um, but he has never played center. But even then, he brings you know an experienced you know player uh, at guard, which of course LSU lost Anthony Bradford as the starter at right guard. Um, and is going to you know, easily can slide Garrett Dellinger in there, um, but still wants to have that competition have depth because there are certainly concerns about the depth behind this returning first-team group. LSU lost four backups into the transfer portal, and it's four freshmen who had signed. They don't get here until the uh, summer. So there's some number right. issues there. Charles Turner, the center, is going to be out for the spring as well. And so Lunsford, although he won't get here until the summer too, uh, he helps add that depth. And I would note that... I don't know if LSU is done in the transfer portal looking for an offensive lineman. Uh, based on some commentaries I had and some things Kelly said yesterday about continuing to address that position, um, you know they want to have some more experience there because um, they like these freshmen. Um, but it's you know you want to build up that offensive line, um, and so they might look again for a transfer offensive lineman uh, come you know uh, after spring practice.
1: What what uh, what was it about LSU that Lunsford liked? The opportunity to play right away, or what 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 sold him?
3: For, it was sort of the, the – he felt like their players and the coaches were really committed to winning and that this team has a chance to compete for a championship. He's got two years of eligibility. Uh, Maryland, while it has done better under Mike Loxley the last two right. years, has certainly not gotten to like an SEC championship or anything like that. And so this is a chance for him now to go and try to play for a title. He feels like LSU is in a position to do that here this season and, and certainly before he – uh, you know, leaves in 2024. Um, also, LSU. Um, he's got a younger brother who's an inside linebacker, just now leaving, uh, graduating high school, and LSU gave him a spot as a walk-on. Um, and so he really is uh, excited about that. Him and his younger brother Martin are going to be able to play together, uh, and that's exciting for them.
1: I learn something new every day, and thanks to you, I learned that special teams can become decentralized i've never heard that before uh but now i know it now i know what it is and i thank you wilson alexander the advocate for it so um job well done as always uh and have fun covering whatever amount of time you get to cover uh with spring ball but we look forward to all your uh all your reports um accordingly so thank you
3: thank you jordy appreciate you having me on
1: you're the best. Wilson Alexander of the Advocate Spring football begins tomorrow on the Ponderosa. How about that? We'll take a quick time out here when we come back. It is uh, our every Wednesday hump day with Huguenin
0: next. This is the Jordy Holberg Show on the Game. One zero three seven Lafayette and one zero four one Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros.
1: The monster trucks are coming back to the Cajun Dome. The Toughest Monster Truck Tour returns March 17th and 18th. And the game 1037 Lafayette and 104 One Lake Charles is a VIP package to the Toughest Monster Truck Tour. Enter in the Game Rewards Club at 1037thegame.com. A VIP package includes four tickets, access to the pit area, a merchandise certificate, and lunch with the truck drivers on that Friday. The Toughest Monster Truck Tour is coming back and you could win a VIP package courtesy of the game southwest louisiana's sports station
0: uh-oh do you know what day it is huh? anybody it's time for Jordy to break down the biggest storylines in college athletics with mike huguenen of on3.com mike, mike 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 what day is it mike here is hump day with Huguenin.
4: Woohoo!
0: on the game 1037 lafayette and 1041 lake charles southwest louisiana's sports station
1: Hey, Michael Huguenin. Good afternoon, sir. How are you?
5: Doing quite well because we're about a week away from the start of the NCAA tournament. And that's always a good thing.
1: Isn't it going to be? It's it's wide open, I think. I I really do. I don't know if there's a lot of teams that can win the whole thing, but uh, I think there's a handful. I don't think there's any clear cut favorite this year. Do you?
5: No. And I think you and I discussed this a couple weeks ago. I think at that time, maybe we. I was thinking there's probably 11 teams that have a chance to win it. I think there's fewer now, but the point was that all 11 could win it all. All 11 could lose in a Sweet 16 because um, all these teams are flawed, like they usually are. But, I mean, when you compare Alabama to Kansas to Purdue to Houston to UCLA, I don't think you come away with, oh, that team is markedly better. Um, It's. I think it's going to be pretty wild. NCAA tournaments generally are wild anyway, but I think this one has the potential to be really uh, more exciting than usual.
1: I'm with you. News today, a couple of things in college basketball. One, uh, Syracuse gets ousted by Wake Forest. Jim Boeheim hinting at – he's only 77 years old, Mike. He's hinting up at retirement. He says, quote, it's up to the – no, it's not up to the university. It's up to him. Right, what do you and think he, he, has, he has said
5: before that it's – you know, I'll step down when I want to step down. But um, I, I think you would agree that that, that, is, that has become a sort of stale program. Yeah, yeah. Um, the, the the reliance on the zone defense, he's become more and more thin-skinned about his reliance on the zone, he doesn't recruit like he used to mm-hmm. um, and I, I don't think there's any doubt but that them leaving the Big East met with their basketball program I mean, I, I, yes, the ACC is a great basketball league usually, but You know, if you're a Syracuse fan, you cared about Georgetown coming in. You cared about UConn coming in. You cared about, heck, you cared about Seton Hall coming in. Yeah, Uh, St. John's. John's And Georgetown. You do not care about Georgia Tech coming in or Florida State or NC State. You know, outside of North Carolina, I don't think anybody at Syracuse cares about any other uh, ACC team.
1: Yeah, I'm with you, Mike Hugan. With us, uh, reports coming out of Oxford, Mississippi, that Chris Beard uh, is the top candidate for the Ole Miss basketball job. Your thoughts?
5: Is anybody surprised? Um, (laughs) You know, Chris Beard gets fired at Texas um, in the wake of a domestic uh, assault, uh, which they did not file charges. Right. Um, but they, Texas fired him anyway. Uh, and they fired him, they said, when, with cause. And here we have Ole Miss saying, oh, yeah, we know he was fired. We don't care he's a winner. And, yeah, it sort of says it all.
1: <laughs> McNeese lost, uh, fired their head coach, John Aiken, today. And the top candidate for that job, reportedly, is Will Wade.
5: Again, again it's it's... I don't know what to say. I mean, Will Wade was fired for blatant breaking of NCAA rule. Well, actually, he was fired because he lost too many games. But you know, he, you know, the he, it, it's it, well, you know, Bill Self's still the coach of Kansas. Sean yeah. Miller's still coaching in, in a high-level Division One program. So why can't Will Wade get coaching. back in as well? Uh, I yeah. think there are a heck of a lot of schools that would not touch Will Wade or Chris Beard. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, but it appears that yeah, McNeese is interested in Wade and Ole Miss certainly is interested in Beard.
1: Uh Gonzaga did it again. Boy, they destroyed Saint Mary's last night. Drew Timmy, the all-time leading scorer uh at uh Gonzaga. They're kind of under the radar this year. They're still, you know, they're still, you know, twenty eight and five. So they're gonna be one of those three seeds, four seeds, something like that. Um God, something tells me Gonzaga's going to make a run.
5: Yeah, this it, it, it is interesting. That, you're right. Gonzaga, which is, I think I read, that was their 26th consecutive West yes. Coast Conference tournament final. I mean, think Crazy. about that for a second. Uh, but you're right. They, you know, the last couple of years, everyone was focused on Gonzaga. Oh, they lost last year. Oh, Hongan's gone. Let's move on to the next flavor of the month kind of thing. And you're right. I think Gonzaga despite all its success recently, or the last two decades, really, it is sort of under the radar. Um, Timmy is a talented college basketball big man. No, he can't play in the NBA. So what? He's a good college player. They have a lot of nice complementary pieces around him. Um, Few knows what he's doing. They're athletic. Uh, and man, I you know I watched part of. I, I expected a really good game last night since those teams split in the regular season. But Gonzaga—they embarrassed St. Mary's. St. Oh, Mary's looked so slow. Now, one positive, I think, if you're St. Mary's, that's the ninth time in three years you've played Gonzaga. They, they know what you're going to do. They know your players. Oh. Um, I think in the NCAA tournament, if you're not used to playing St. Mary's. It could be difficult because they, man, they make you play defense for 30 seconds. They do a yeah. lot of back cuts. They got players who can do some interesting things. But man, Gonzaga last night looked extremely tournament ready. No question.
1: No question. Mike Hugan with us. I got two. I think they're going to be 12 seeds that um, got into the got into the tournament because they won their conference tournaments, but. Charleston's 31-3, and three and Orr Roberts is 30-4. and four. I don't care who you play. Um, they know how to win. I, ooh, 12 seeds, I think. I, yeah, man, and, and I think if you're Or Roberts,
5: they, they made that miracle run, what, three seasons ago. Uh, Max yeah. Admus is still there. I think he's about 32 or 33 now. Yeah, that's a right. high-scoring guard. Right. Plus, they have a 7-5 center, Connor Vanover, transfer from Arkansas, who started – I think 20 games in two seasons for the Hogs. He's he's seven foot five, uh, and he shoots Jeez. about 40 percent for three point range. And he obviously is a phenomenal rim protector. They play much better defense this year than they did in their in the year they made that Sweet 16 run, where they were like the fourth seed in their conference tourney. Um, they did not lose a game all season in the Summit League regular season yeah. or tournament. Um, North Dakota State's a really good program. Um, they destroyed North Dakota State last night. If Gonzaga embarrassed St. Mary's, Oral Roberts dismembered North Dakota State. Um, mm-hmm. That is a good squad in Charleston. A ton of transfers, including three guys who transferred from Division II schools extremely high basketball IQ, well-coached by Pat Kelsey, who I think will be moving on after this season. But that, that's, the CAA is a pretty solid mid-major league. They were tested. And you're right, they had 31 wins. And it's, it's hard to believe. Had they lost last night to UNC Wilmington, they would have been 30-4 and four and probably not made the NC tournament, which wow. would have been too bad. So I was actually wow. glad they won
1: yeah uh i'm with you one hundred percent in the a c c north carolina has to has to win the whole thing don't they They get into the tournament or do they just th- have to i
5: think they got a shot if they get to the final but the, the, the second they, their second game would be against virginia um but virginia yeah. has a lot to play for as well um and, and you know let's get serious that's still you know there's very few rivalries left in, in the a c c but i think virginia north Carolina is legitimately one of them and if you're u v a the idea that we can make sure that the Tar Heels don't make the NCAA tournament, that would provide a little extra juice, I think.
1: I'm with you. Uh, oh, I really like UCLA. I mean, I know they're 27 and four. Not many people really are talking about them. They, you know they they clinched their regular season title. Uh, and man, they beat Arizona 27 and four. They got veterans. Cronin knows what he's doing as a, as a coach. Oh, man, I tell you what, I like UCLA a lot.
5: Yeah, I like Arizona too. Um, and you're right; it, it is East Coast bias, you know, unless you. You know, you're not watching their, their regular season games because a lot of them are on the Pac-12 network, which I think about 13 people get. Yeah. Um, you know, I've seen them a couple, a couple times on ESPN this year. They are well coached. Haquez um, and Tiger Campbell, I think, were been recruited by Jim Barto. They've been there so long. But they do <laughs> have the injury to the, the Clark kid. Um, and Cronin's been very close mouthed about that. He did say, well, we're not going to have him for the Pac-12 tournament you wonder if we're going to have them for the NCAA tournament. But this is a veteran team, um, extremely smart, extremely well-coached. They don't beat themselves. they got NCAA veterans. Um, Tiger Campbell's a solid point guard. Hot can get you hoops. they got that, uh, a dim Bona kid who's a big man who's pretty, pretty talented. Uh, and in Arizona's got, I think, like nine guys who are like 6'8 or 6'9 or above. Yeah. Very big, long and lean. Uh, They can run I think both those teams are going to be two seeds and I can see if everything breaks right for each of them getting to the final four. I think those teams have the talent coaching and experience and experience is important in March. I think that they have all three of those elements and I think they can get to the final four if if things go right.
1: Just tell me Kansas isn't going to win this thing. I I want Kansas to be the villain. I, I want them out. I want them out.
5: Well, I think um, Alabama's a villain. I don't Man. think anybody except a Crimson Tide fan can, can argue against that.
4: Right. Um,
5: but Kansas, I mean, it, it is interesting, you know, for all the wringing of hands the last decade about <laughs> coaches who don't do things the right way, blah, 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 the FBI investigated Bill Self, and yep. Kansas' response was basically to give him a lifetime contract. And then yeah. he wins it all last year. And we're yeah. going to be seeing that Werner Ladders ad all during the tournament with self climbing the ladder and cutting yeah. the nets from last season. So, um, <laughs> it's crazy. It's, they, they're a good team. That conference is awesome. Um, nothing they see this year will be surprising because that right. conference is so deep. I mean, you yeah. play a lot, you play the last place team, Oklahoma. Oklahoma beat Alabama by 30. Right. So, that, that is a really good league. Um, with good coaches, with good players. Um, Kansas has some star power. They also got a lot of role players. And Self, I mean, I know folks don't like a lot of folks don't like him, but that dude is a really good coach.
1: Yes, he um, is.
5: But Kansas, yeah, I think they're going to go into the NCAA tournament with a target as the defending champs, but they have the talent and the coaching and the experience mm. to win it all again. And you're right. Yeah. I think to an extent they are sort of. A black hat kind of team
1: because there is still the ncaa cloud that's above them you're right all right uh mike Huguenin on three.com let's take a break spring football practice for lsu begins tomorrow we've got game we got teams practicing already so uh we'll talk a little spring football we'll talk about uh the haves and the have-nots when we return with uh hump day with Huguenin after this
0: this is the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 103.7 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros.
1: We're brought to you each and every day by ShopRite Tobacco Plus Discount Outlets. If you can't shop right at ShopRite, you just can't shop right at all. By Ducks, cleaning America's air from the inside out. By Eon, the premier tuxless robotic laser body contouring device that helps you lose those unwanted inches along with permanent fat reduction. Eon, three locations. Lafayette, Baton Rouge, Mandeville. By the Louisiana Lottery, you can't win until you start playing by dc's little capital Exxon, with their true soul food deli home of the best cheeseburger you've ever tasted and by cajun chef turn up the taste with cajun chef hot sauce
0: every day is a chamber of commerce kind of day when you're listening to the jordy holberg show this is the game 1037 lafayette and 1041 lake charles your hall for the lsu tigers and houston astros in southwest louisiana
1: we are back on this Wednesday, March the 8th. And by Wednesday, that means hump day. And hump day here it always means Mike Huguenin of on3.com. We talked a little college hoops as it's tournament week. And then this Sunday, we'll find out the field of 68 for both the men's and the women's tournament brackets. And uh, that's always a fun time. And then let the madness begin. But um, spring football is beginning. And um, it's it caught my Fancy that the words gotten out about the SEC with three permanent opponents, and Nick Saban is whining, Mike, about having to play LSU, Auburn, and Tennessee. Is that that's the last thing we need? Is Nick Saban whining about who he has to play?
5: Well, I think regardless of the, who, who the SEC makes the the three annual opponents, the vast majority of coaches are going to be ticked off to yeah. put it mildly. And I believe someone told me, well, I know for sure that Alabama has played those three teams every single season since 1992. Right. And somebody said they played those three teams every season since 1964. So if that's the case, I don't think Saban's got much of a leg to stand on. So, I'm with you. Um, it, 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 I think everybody is eagerly awaiting um who the annual opponents are going to be. And, again, I think there's going to be 16 coaches in the SEC. My assumption would be that 11 or 12 um, are going to be at least slightly missed at the teams that they have to play on an annual basis. Then, again, you're in the SEC, and unless unless Vandy is on your schedule, um, you're going to have – at least three pretty good programs and potentially three excellent programs. So, uh, yeah, the the fact that Saban is trying to, it looks like he's trying to sort of head this off at the pass. I don't think think anybody's, I don't think it's going to work.
1: I mean, Brian Kelly already said, we're going to play Alabama, we're going to play Ole Miss, we're going to play Texas A&M. Florida apparently is playing Georgia, Oklahoma, and South Carolina. There is no easy. They're all hard. It's all
5: tough. Exactly. I think the the one thing I would hope that the SEC would do the the fact that it is a it's a, it's it's even with Oklahoma and Texas added it's still a regional league yeah. and my again I don't I don't, I don't go to games as a fan anymore but I, the the folks I know who are fans of SEC teams they love to be able to drive to the opposing stadium. Absolutely. Absolutely. And th- there is a way to do that. That all three of your annual opponents are drivable, um, and you know I-, I hope the SEC does that. Like, you know, for Oklahoma, the idea that they're getting Florida is a little bit mystifying. Um, you would think they'd want Texas. Well, Texas for sure, Texas mm-hmm. A&M, and either Arkansas or Missouri. Right. Um, so you know, and uh, I'll just if, if Oklahoma doesn't have Texas and Texas A&M, the SEC has made a huge mistake.
1: No, they will. I'm, I'm sure they will. I'm with you. Uh, Mike Hugan on 3.com. Um, we talk about the SEC a lot. I'm kind of curious about the Big Ten. Uh, there's new coaches. A lot of teams are going to have new quarterbacks. Michigan has experience, has its coach back. Are they going to win the Big Ten for the third straight year?
5: That's You know, I still think – Last year, I think Ohio State had the better roster. Um, they 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 got outplayed by Michigan in in the trenches. Um, this year, you're right. Michigan's got the quarterback back. They got Blake Corum back. Um, they, they they have what looks to be another really good offensive line. Thanks, they brought in a key guy from the portal, uh, plus another guy from the portal for 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 depth reasons. Ohio State still has extremely talented roster, but the quarterback concern, though. You know, a couple of years ago when C.J. Stroud won the job, uh, how good is C.J. Stroud? Oh, he's pretty good. I think the question now, how good's Kyle McCourt? He's going to be good. So um, Ohio State and Michigan are the two best teams in that, in that league, not just that division. And I think Penn State, if their quarterback, the Drew Aller kid, is as good as a lot of folks up there think, um, that is going to be a wild Big Ten East race. And yeah. I think they are the three best teams in the league. Anyway, um, you could have all three preseason top ten from the same division.
1: Hmm. Uh, the Pac-12 is in, a, is in a, <laughs> a season of transition, but is there a better quarterback conference in the country than the Big than the Pac-12? It's
5: it's really good, and we talked, you know, last either last week or two weeks ago. No one's talking about Washington, a team that won eleven games. Yeah. returns its top three receivers and the quarterback who led the nation in passing. They signed a right. uh, running back from Mississippi State out of the portal, who's better than the guys who left. The offensive line's good. The, the defense is a concern in the secondary, but they brought in Oklahoma State's best defensive back, and he will start a corner and be a big positive. They're well coached. You've got USC with Caleb Williams. Um, You've got Utah with Cam Rising, though he yeah. is coming off. A torn ACL suffered in the Rose Bowl. The uh, the kid at Washington State, Cam Ward, is really yeah. good. You got Bo Nix
3: yeah. at
5: at Oregon. It, it really is a league with really good quarterbacks. And UCLA, they, they signed the five star quarterback Dante Moore, um, extremely talented. Plus, mm-hmm. from the portal, they brought in the kid from Kent State, Kent State who Schley. is really good. He yeah. was a really good player in the MAC. And I think he'll serve as sort of like a bridge. But I think people will be surprised when they see Colin Schley play. He's a big kid who can run, and he's got a nice arm.
1: Maybe DJ Uagra, whatever his name Lee is. Young at team.
5: Oregon State is another one. Maybe he gets uh, uh, and, you know, Jonathan Smith is yeah. a really good coach at Oregon State. Um, has has put together a really good program despite not having high level quarterbacks. Now I'm not saying Uyanga La is a high level quarterback, but I think if you look at his physical tools, maybe they will be unlocked by Jonathan Smith. There'll be a heck of a lot less pressure on him at Oregon State than there was at Clemson. Um, that that's a team that heck they won nine games last year. So Oregon State's another team that doesn't get enough notice
1: might be the, their best chance for the Pac-12 to get into the college football playoffs since Washington did it back in 2016. Colorado, Deion Sanders, his son, Shadur. What do you think, Deion, what, what What's a reasonable expectation of Colorado in year one?
5: I think four or five wins max. And they, they won one game last year. Um, yeah. And they, they were horrendous. Absolutely horrendous. Now, they did have a difficult schedule. They were the only team in the nation that played 11 Power 5 opponents. Wow. Now, they play 11 Power 5 opponents this year as well. Um, their opening games, they, remember, they were 1-11 last year. Their opening games against TCU, which played for the national title. So, And I know Dion was extremely active in the transfer portal. Um, he brought in a couple guys, I think it was five or six from Jackson State, um, I know Colorado's bad. Um, the SWAC—it's a gigantic step up from the SWAC yeah. to the Pac-12. Um, I think Dion has the, the hiring has helped Colorado on a lot of levels, not the least of which I'm, I'm on your station in Louisiana talking about Colorado in March. So That's right. people are That's people right. care about the bus, they care about Dion, yeah. and I think they will be better. But to me, the ceiling is four or five wins, and this could be a 3-9 kind of team. Um, They're they're a long way from contending for the Pac-12 title, a long way.
1: Are we going to have the Pac-12 much longer? It's uh, the Big 12 reportedly is targeting Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado, Utah, Oregon, Washington, also in the mix to make the Big 12 an 18-team conference.
5: What does the Pac-12 do? They can't get a television deal. What, what do they do? I think they, yeah, they're in negotiations for the TV deal now. We had a story a couple weeks ago that, uh, talking to people in, the, in that space. It, it appears that the final decision is going to come down to you just want money. If you do, you go with a streaming service. Do you, or do you want better exposure, which would mean maybe some kind of package deal, some streaming, and some on like ESPN, but it would not be for as much money. To me, the latter is the smart thing. If you're not on ESPN or, or Fox or CBS, I'm not sure you exist in college football. Um, I, I, I think Convert USA, is really, I, I think it's a, that's a fun league to watch. They're on CBS Sports Network. I, I don't watch CBS Sports Network during football season. So uh, there's some issues there. Um, but you're right. I mean, if, if you look at the Pac-12, um, the talk is, okay, once USC and UCLA leave, they want to stay at 12, so maybe they expand with SMU and San Diego State. Um, because the, of the media markets. The, the problem, uh-huh. obviously, is no one in those media markets cares about those two schools. Right. Um, but then again, you and I are old enough to remember SMU in the late 70s and early 80s sure.
1: Sure.
4: was
5: one of the best programs in the country because yep. they had boosters who they were willing their to way spend to money. The top. Now, they spent yeah. it illegally back then. That's right. Oh, that ain't illegal anymore. That's so right. So maybe if they got into a power conference those boosters would open up the pocketbooks again, and you're seeing guys like Eric Dickerson, that type of player, go to SMU again. Um, but you're right. I mean, the the Pac-12 uh, is not in a position of strength, and that puts it lightly.
1: Clemson's complaining. Florida State's complaining. Boy, that seems like a natural fit to the SEC one day.
5: Yeah, but I, I don't know. At, at some point, does it – you know, the, the SEC pie is going to go from 14 to 16 pieces, and they're saying, don't, don't worry about it, every piece is, the pieces are still going to get bigger. At right. what point do the pieces not get bigger? Um, I guess if you added FSU and Clemson, no, that would not be a concern, though the FSU AD admitted they had to pay a heck of a lot of money to get out of the ACC, and it would take them a while to earn it back. And mm-hmm. their, their financial... Their, the, fine, the athletic department there is not in great financial shape, um, so it's you're robbing Peter to pay Paul, but maybe yeah, that's worth it in the yeah. long run. But I, you know, you and I have talked before. Also, North Carolina is a team that doesn't get much national attention in terms of being a mover and shaker, but every league want Love. would want North Carolina because they yeah. bring a ton to the table. Um, and I think the difference is the FSUAD was very vocal. The Clemson AD has been somewhat vocal. The North Carolina AD hasn't said a word, but every AD in the ACC feels the way the FSU AD does. They just don't say it publicly.
1: Yeah, good point. Okay. Um, who's going to win the SEC basketball tournament? Who you got?
5: I think it's going to be Alabama. Uh, hmm. I think they are the best team in the league. Um, they, they're wearing the black hat. I get that. I Sort of think they don't mind that. Right. Um, they have the best players. Um, uh, still not 100% Nate Oates is a great game coach, but I think he's a good motivator and he, he puts his guys generally in pretty good position. I just think, you know, Tennessee can't win because they can't score. Um, right. Arkansas That's is right. way too inconsistent, especially on defense. Yeah. Um, Auburn, I don't think they can yeah. score well enough. Missouri is a pretender to me. The Texas A&M, A&M gets A&M, after it um, They grind you down. No one yep. wants to play Texas A&M. I That's know they right. beat Alabama in the regular season finale. And th- think about this. I mean, if that was it, Texas A&M is good. Yes. They're extremely well coached. Yes. Um, they know their roles. And, Buzz Williams, you and I have talked about this for decades. That's how long I've been on your show. Certain coaches do a really good job of not asking their players to do stuff they can't do, which That's should right. be pretty simple. But a lot of coaches yep. aren't, don't think that way. And Buzz Williams, to me, is a guy that that guy can't do that. So I'm not going to ask him if he, to do that. And if he does do that, I'm going to put his butt on the bench. So yep. they, they know their roles, uh, and all of them play lockdown D. They're extremely physical. Um, you don't want to go into the lane against Texas A&M because you're going to end up on your backside.
1: I like AM. I like them a lot. Uh, we shall see. All right. Chris Beard to Ole Miss Will Wade to McNeese. Winning co- tops everything. Everything. Exactly. That's why we get Mike Hugan in every Wednesday, because we win with you, big guy. Thank Appreciate you as much, I'll talk to you next as week. always. Yeah, guy. We'll talk to you next week. We'll take a timeout and we'll come back to wrap this all up. Next.
0: This is the Jordy Holdberg Show on the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros.
1: Here at the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station want your help. Go and subscribe to our YouTube channel at The Game Louisiana. Turn that bell on so you can get notifications when we post our new content and game recaps. Help us get to 1,000 followers at The Game Louisiana on YouTube.
0: Here's three pieces of advice to live by. Never play cards with a guy whose last name is a state. (laughs) Don't spit into the wind. And always listen to the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles Southwest Louisiana's sports station.
1: And we are back. Uh, big ball game at the Teague, uh tonight, starting at 6. McNeese versus the Ragin' Cajuns. McNeese beats UL um, back at Joe Miller Ballpark on February 28th, 5-4. So this is kind of a, a rematch of that one. Um, high school boys basketball playoffs continue. Uh, Burton Coliseum in Lake Charles. Uh, the nightcap tonight, St. Thomas Moore, Danny Bruce Broussard's club against Catholic High of Baton so that ought to be a very good semi-final matchup um, in that one. So good luck to all the participants uh, that are playing throughout uh, throughout the day. LSU baseball tonight against uh, Lamar. LSU basketball tonight around 8.30. Um, you can listen to the ballgame right here on the game uh, as LSU will take on Georgia. McNeese looking for a new basketball coach. John Aiken fired today. Will Wade, um, purportedly the man that uh, that uh, uh, he's sure is uh, going after as the athletic director at McNeese. Good luck. I hope you get him. Uh, that would certainly uh, jettison your program. No question, no doubt about that. Uh, if today, uh, March 8th, is your birthday, happy birthday from all of us to all of you. My buddy, the big Swagoo, friend of the program, former LSU Tiger, part of Nick Saban's national championship team in 2003. Marcus Spears is 40 years old. Today, So thanks to Will Davis, the coach of Lamar, John Brady out in Nashville, Wilson Alexander, LSU spring football starts tomorrow and Mike Hugen and hump day with Hugen and um, for being our guest today. Tomorrow we'll preview spring practice. We'll recap LSU basketball, the Pels versus the Mavericks. We got all kinds of stuff going on. So we'll recap it all and bring you the very latest news and uh, headlines of the day. And it never slows down, ever. We'll recap uh, the Cajuns and the Cowboys in baseball as well. So that's tomorrow. But we appreciate you joining us today in whatever form or fashion that you did, radio, internet, television. We, we appreciate it. We... Um, Certainly thank our partners that make it possible each and every day. I'm thankful for my producer, James Mesh. So come on back tomorrow, same time, two to four. Same great stations, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. Uh, So until then, I am Jordy Heltberg. Stay thirsty, my friends. Stay healthy. Be kind to one another, and let's be happy. Life is short. Crunch time with Miguez and Mesh next. Talk to you tomorrow.